Good morning. Good morning and welcome. So grateful to have everyone with us this morning. Um, we do have a couple of announcements before we do our birthday prayer. Um, the first one, it says, uh, potluck will be Italian instead of Mexican. I don't know who potluck is and how we can make that happen. But uh, yeah. apparently he'll be, think, that's the only kind I got. Um, and then Rebecca and Kendall have an announcement. Um, I switched jobs last summer, and I work at Black and Beach now. Um, there are about 11,000 employees worldwide, and Kendall here um, entered her first art contest. Um, there were 65 entries in a contest that is going to support March of Dimes, and um, I always do this. <laughs> um, so, um, it's good news. Um, okay, so Black and Beach partnered with Charlie Hustle to make a t-shirt for the March of Dimes fundraiser and the walk. And Kendall submitted an art entry to hold it up for everybody. And she won the contest. These t-shirts are going to be available for the entire city to order, so um, I don't think she understands the significance of it or how many people could be wearing her shirt on April 26th for the walk. So anyway, we're really proud of her, and um, there will be a pre-order link. Um, I'm not exactly sure how they're going to do it yet, but if anybody wants a t-shirt, um, about half of the proceeds will go to March of Nights directly. So anyway, we're just proud of her. Pretty sure nobody is going to be ordering a shirt here. <laughs> Good luck with that. All right. Yeah. Shauna, were you wanting to make an announcement, or are we good? I'm, I'm hearing in my in my earpiece. Okay. Congratulations, Anthony. That's a hundred more than I have. And congratulations. That's awesome. All right. Uh, birthdays this week. Katie Bauman on Monday. Happy birthday, Katie. Uh, Courtney Talcott on Tuesday. And Jeff Morgan on Wednesday. Layla, do you want to say the prayer? Here we go. Okay, we'll do it later. That's fine. Here, there's. I found I found a nickel. There you go. Thank you. Hopefully, they didn't need that for the service because I just put it in the church. 
Would you pray with me? Dear God, please bless all the people who are having birthdays. So, so help, um, help them know God loves them. Amen. Good morning. Welcome to each and every one of you. I am so happy that we have the opportunity to gather together as a faith community. I'm also grateful for each and every person who will be sharing in our service today and their willingness to say yes. Our theme this morning is turn your heart toward God. As soon as I read this theme, I knew what I wanted to talk about, and that is sunflowers. I have always been a nature lover with a deep passion for all of creation. And while nature never ceases to amaze me, the sunflower has a special trait that I would like to share with all of you today. Sunflowers turn to face the sun throughout the day. During their growing season, young sunflowers will rotate their bright yellow heads during the day to track the sun's movement across the sky. They reset overnight, they swing their faces back to the east, and they ready themselves for the morning sun. I remember the first time I learned this magical information about the sunflower. What an incredibly sophisticated plant. 
It does more than other plants. Other plants will lean out toward light, but sunflowers literally track the sun's movement all across the sky from east to west. It mirrors exactly what the sun does. The sunflower chooses to face its life-giving light source all day long. It commits to moving itself as the sun moves in order to grow. I think the sunflower is the perfect symbol for turning your heart toward God. Our creator, our light source, awaits us each morning and hopes that we too will be facing east, ready to move ourselves in a loving direction. The sunflower reminds us that we have the ultimate guide for our journey, if only we choose to turn our heart toward God. Another interesting bit of information about the sunflower, scientists did a study to see if this daily rhythm really matters to how sunflowers flourish. They tied up some sunflower plants so they couldn't move and so they couldn't turn their heads toward the sun. They restricted them. What they found in these, these restricted sunflowers was it decreased their biomass. They didn't grow as well and they didn't grow as efficiently. And if I may be as bold to say, we as humans aren't much different. When restricted or restrained or feeling trapped in an unnatural state, we don't thrive. But when we free ourselves to live fully into who we've been created to be, we turn and face the sun and expand into the energy of the light. We grow and we bloom when we turn our hearts toward God. And we practice our faith when we turn back to the east, ready to start a new day that our creator will meet us in that morning light of all new beginnings. Wherever you are today in your own personal journey, no matter which way you are currently facing, our creator's warm light is ready to meet you. It's ready to travel with you. And although it will entail more than just staying in one spot, more than just facing one direction, our lives will bloom and grow as we turn our hearts toward God.
Good morning. Would you bow your heads and pray with me, please? Heavenly Father, we rejoice in this beautiful sunny day that you have so lovingly provided for us. We come together as faithful servants with open hearts and minds, and we're ready to turn our hearts to you now. Please be with those who are participating in today's service and also with Patricia as she shares the message you would have us here today. I would also like to ask a special blessing upon those who could not be with us today. May they too feel your holy presence surrounding them as they go through their day and their week ahead. We ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. So the responsive reading uh, will be projected on the screen here, um, and I'm going to pause uh, between the, the moments that I read and the moments that it's your turn to read. So uh, I will advance the slides when it's your turn. I want to make this as easy as possible for all of you. Believe in God. Believe that God is. Believe that God created all things both in heaven and in earth. Believe that we do not comprehend all things that God comprehends. And ask in sincerity of heart that God would forgive us. Since we believe all these things, we shall do them.
right. Good morning. Um, obviously, this is not my husband. This is my dad, Doug. Um, Jordy doesn't feel well this morning, so he couldn't make it. Um, okay, so growing up, I remember fighting with my friends, siblings, um, over which aisle we wanted to be in, which basket we wanted for the offertory. Um, made it a huge deal, much bigger than it needed to be. Um, so like I said, I brought friends to services, um, and then of course to vacation Bible school, church camps, um, all the youth group activities. So, um, and they always left feeling more positive, more warm, um, and of course spiritually closer to God. Um, some of my close friends that I did bring, we still talk about how some of our most favorite memories are from uh, church camps or um, seeing Santa at Christmas time. Um, the haunted house, uh, I'm sure some of you have been through the haunted house at Halloween, um, and we were very proud of our demonic work. Um, <laughs> and then, of course, there were the talent shows, which I know we don't really do so much anymore, but I, st I do still remember them. And then um, Christmas plays. Those were definitely some of the uh, biggest highlights at Christmas time. Um, we are so fortunate to have this gathering space here for us. Um, Sorry, but my family has this terrible thing where we cry when we're talking in front of people. Um, <laughs> this gathering place that is um, warm for us in the winter. <laughs> and it's cool for us in the summer. And we are comfortable here because... Um, of our community's generosity um, and the support that we give through our, our offertory. Um, dang it. Um, and Jordy and I, we both um, want our children and our children's. Um, God, dang it. <laughs> we want our children and their children um, to have this place forever, to know and. Um, to know and learn and feel God's love. So the ushers, please come forward. <laughs> Dear God, bless those who are giving today and bless the tithes and offerings that they give. Help us to remember to give according to what we have with an eager heart and not as a comparison to others. May we find the strength and the comfort we desire in you to help us share our blessings and turn our hearts toward God. Amen.
Today's prayer for peace comes from the Community of Christ Worship Helps. Would you pray with me, please? Our all-wise parent, you have given us our lives and the gift of the Holy Spirit, which leads us into all truth. Peace comes when we are in unity and oneness with you. Grant that we willingly listen to the Holy Spirit, which prompts us toward shalom. Give us courage to make responsible choices. May the people of all nations come to know your peace, to follow your peace, and to love one another in peace. Amen. You know, last week I was talking to Allie and I said, I may not be able to stand for when I do the worship message. And we were contemplating other methods, like Al Carpenter sat here once and gave his worship message. And thank God, for some of you who don't know, but about a month ago I stepped on a toothpick and it embedded itself in my heel. And after lancing it, it decided it didn't want to come out and it took about a month. But this week I'm able to walk doctor finally squeezed it out and there was actually about a fourth of an inch of that toothpick still in my heel. Now I don't know of anyone that's been attacked by a toothpick. <laughs> but I'm just saying, I'm able to stand here today. So I'm thankful for that. I'm thankful for the sun. I'm thankful for the sunflowers and that we're here to worship the S-O-N sun. Sometimes you will never know the value of a moment until it becomes a memory. This quote by Dr. Seuss comes to mind when I think of the stories in the scriptures. I imagine it was only after the death and resurrection of Christ that the apostles and others began to more fully understand and appreciate shared moments with Jesus. 
Maybe it took time and memory for them to recognize the value of these moments and capture them in stories that we now recognize as scripture. My daughter Christine gave me two books a few years ago titled My Grandparents' Reflections, one for my granddaughter Brittany and one for my grandson Mitchell. The book is designed to be filled with moments of my life and that of my grandchild, moments which merge together to form the fabric of our shared experience. This task was daunting for me, which is why it's taken me several years to even begin. Research shows that children benefit from knowing about their family history. The shared history can fill the need to connect and gives the child a sense of belonging. Life lessons passed on can increase a child's resilience, build self-confidence, and instill hope and helps them recognize they are loved and have value and worth. In a similar way, Rob Bell talks about how the stories in the scriptures are alive and active in our lives today because they connect us to our history as a people and their relationship with God and humanity. Bell tells how the rabbis spoke of the text being like a gem with 70 faces, and each time you turn the gem, the light refracts differently, giving you a reflection you hadn't seen before. And so we turn the text again and again because we keep seeing things we missed the time before. Dr. Rachel Naomi Remen, in her book, Kitchen Table Wisdom, says, despite the awesome powers of technology, many of us still do not live very well. Studies show that social media is intended to connect us, but, cannot, but can actually lead to feelings of discontentment and loneliness for many. Even positive stories shared among friends can make others feel disconnected and unsatisfied with their own life. Even Chris Judd, our evangelist, recently said she had to take a break from Facebook because of the meanness of others. I mean, I know people are blocking out and unfriending family and friends who express views different from their own. And what's meant to be a form to connect us in many cases, has brought division. And I'm not even familiar with Twitter, so I'm not sure what goes on in that social environment. Dr. Remen goes on to recall fond memories of stories her rabbi grandfather told her as she sat with him around the kitchen table. She was seven years old when he died. Now, decades later, she still feels a personal connection to God and others through these stories. Stories of love, faith, hope, and courage. She recognizes the value of her own story as a physician and counselor, as well as the life lessons she learned from her grandfather at such a young age. Dr. Dean Ornish, commenting on Dr. Remen's book, says, as human beings, we live in a world of stories, and stories are not replicable because our lives are unique. Our uniqueness is what gives us value and meaning, yet it is in the telling of stories that we also learn what makes us similar, what connects us all, what helps us transcend the isolation that separates us from each other and from ourselves. 
He says stories are the language of community. Unlike Dr. Remen, I did not learn stories from a rabbi around the kitchen table. However, as a young child in Sunday school, I learned God loved me, Jesus was my friend, and I could talk to them through prayer. I guess you could say that was when I began my spiritual journey, my relationship with the divine. Rob Bell says, it's not that we have a spiritual life. We are a spiritual life because God created us as spiritual beings. Then we already have a connection with him that's in our DNA. We just need to work on our relationship, one built on love and trust that requires spending time with him. If anyone's heard me speak, you know I tend to bring up David in the Old Testament, but I've always been drawn to stories of David. Scriptures tell us David was a man after God's own heart. And in the Psalms, we get a glimpse into his relationship with God. He loved the Lord and expressed longings for God's presence in his life. He sings praises and dances before the Lord. During the difficult times, you could hear him crying out in God in anguish. I can't relate to David as a shepherd or a king, although my husband does treat me like a queen at times. But I could certainly relate to his feelings and emotions, capturing the joys and struggles of life. He was not perfect. And I can imagine David wondering at times, how did I get here? How is consequences, consequences of his actions were devastating? Not just for David, but for Uriah and David's entire family, and demonstrates how interconnected we are. Now fast forward a few centuries to the stories of Jesus, what has been referred to as the greatest story ever told. The stories of Christ were written decades after the events. The writers tell their story as they remembered them, either from firsthand experience or what they recalled from the stories of others. I love the book of Matthew because it gives us insights into how to be a follower of Jesus as he records many of his teachings and sayings. It's a, it's, for me, it's a Christ is saying, if you really want to know God's heart, lean in and listen to what I have to say. And I chose to paraphrase a few of those. Love God, but love others too. That includes your enemies. Do not judge by appearances, but right judgment is okay. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Do good and share what you have with others. Forgive those who hurt you. Be ethical and moral in your relationships with others. And actually, one of my favorites, it's when Jesus actually, it says in the scripture, Jesus listened to her story in regard to Jairus' daughter who was near death. He says, daughter, you are well because you dare to believe, go in peace and stay well. Jesus took time to listen to people's feelings, thoughts, and even their dreams. I get comfort in knowing that Christ was not only fully human, fully divine, but he was fully human. He could relate to us because he knew what it felt like to be hungry and thirsty or tired and broken. 
He knew what it was like to be tempted and to grieve the death of a friend. Listening to one another's stories can create emotion and build empathy. Many just want a safe place to be heard without judgment. A few years ago, I encountered a young man in front of me in line at Subway inside Walmart. He began talking to me, and it was obvious he was drunk. It would have been easy for me to ignore him, as I saw others do. But in that moment, a complete stranger with tears in his eyes began to pour out his heart to me. It was his teenage daughter's birthday, but she didn't want to see him. Now, I didn't know the story behind the story, the choices he made or maybe someone else made that brought him to this moment. What I saw was a heartbroken father estranged from his daughter and worried that she would never want to see him again. I recall encouraging him to not give up hope, and I would pray for reconciliation. Now, if I was Sharon Tiffany, I would have stopped right then and prayed with him. And I believe that story has stayed with me because I witnessed in my own family, my father become estranged from his children. And I would really never know the story behind the story I lived. Did the war cause my dad to lose his faith and become addicted to alcohol and abuse his family? I can't answer that. But I do know you can change your story by the choices you make. After my parents divorced, my dad chose to quit drinking, and his story changed. Over time, I could tell you it was more out of duty than love. I stayed in contact with him. However, it was not until literally he was on his deathbed, moments before he took his last breath, unable to speak, that I saw him in a different light. And I can't say it was necessarily how God saw him, but how God wanted me to see him. And in that moment, in that light, I told him I forgave him. And like the father in Walmart, I saw tears in his eyes. Jesus' words, forgive those who hurt you, became real for me that day. Because of fear, my mother felt she had no choice but to endure the abuse. Until one day, someone took the time to listen to her story without judgment. This person not only listened, but provided encouragement and support that eventually led her to confront her fear, step out in faith, as she chose to change the outcome of her story. In Doctrine and Covenants 161, 3b, respect each life journey, even in its brokenness and uncertainty, for each person has walked alone at times. Be ready to listen and slow to criticize, lest judgment be unrighteous and unredemptive. As I begin to write my story for my grandchildren, I recall experiences and see things in a different light than when I was living through those experiences. And it's taken me years to see the value and life lessons from both of my parents. 
William Tom's quote comes to mind, be careful how you live your life. You may be the only Bible some person ever reads. When we align ourselves with listening ears and open hearts to hear the stories of others, God allows us to see them in a different light without judgment. Sometimes for me, it's happened in countries and cultures far, far different from my own. Sometimes it's been in a brief encounter with a stranger. And sometimes it's been closer to home. Not all stories are shared around a kitchen table or even in a home, as many are without both. There are numerous untold stories waiting for someone to listen and care. Not all are easy to hear. Abuse, war, poverty, disease, that's just to name a few. Some of these stories are within our own families or within the families of friends that we know or in the places where we live and work. Many are trapped in those experiences, conditions that diminish their ability to change their story. Doctrine and Covenants 165, 1D reads, undertake compassionate and just actions to abolish poverty and end needless suffering. My mother's suffering, our family's suffering was needless. And I thank God someone not only listened but took action. There are countless stories of people that are suffering needlessly. And from Doctrine and Covenants 163, 4a. God, the eternal creator, weeps for the poor, displaced, mistreated, and diseased of the world because of their unnecessary suffering. Such conditions are not God's will. Open your ears to hear the pleadings of mothers and fathers in all nations who desperately seek a future of hope for their children. Do not turn away from them, for in their wealth, in their welfare resides your welfare. The moments in our lives, your story and mine, may not be canonized, but I believe many are inspired and have value in our own life and the lives of others. I have personally been blessed, as many of you have shared your story in worship or in disciples' generous response or in prayers and in one-on-one -on -one moments with me. We need to cherish those moments. These shared stories of love, joy, hope, and peace connect us to our Creator and to each other. We are blessed to be a blessing. The wild sunflower shows us the best way to live and be a blessing to other. others is to always make sure we are following the sun. In Deuteronomy chapter 30, verses 15 through 20, we read, See, I have set before you today life and prosperity, 
death, and adversity. If you obey the commandments of the Lord your God that I am commanding you today by loving the Lord your God, walking in his ways, and observing his commandments, decrees, and ordinances, then you shall live and become numerous, and the Lord your God will bless you in the land that you are entering to possess. But if your heart turns away and you do not hear, but are led astray to bow down to other gods and serve them, I declare to you today that you shall perish. You shall not live long in the land that you are crossing the Jordan to enter and possess. I call heaven and earth to witness against you today that I have set before you life and death, blessings and curses. Choose life so that you and your descendants may live, loving the Lord your God, obeying him, and holding fast to him. For that means life to you and length of days, so that you may live in the land that the Lord swore to give your ancestors, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob. In this scripture, we have some pretty important guidance. The first is that we see one of our enduring principles come to light, to make responsible choices. Following God's commandments is about making responsible choices. In our lives and in the lives that we live every day. And through those choices, we display a love of the Lord our God. The choices that we make do have consequences. Some are good and some are bad. But if we choose life and love God, we will be blessed as God blessed Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. So as you reflect on this scripture and on the words that Patricia shared, I want you to take a moment and reflect on the blessings of your lives. Focus on those blessings. Recognize them. Acknowledge the Lord your God who put those blessings into your life. Breathe in those blessings. And just as sunflowers will turn and face the light as their source of life, when we turn our hearts toward God and recognize our blessings around us, those blessings will continue to grow. <coughs> At this time, Allie and I are inviting you to go to the sunflower painting that she has been painting during the service and paint a blade of grass to represent the growth of blessings in our lives. And as we add our blessings of grass to the painting, 
may we be reminded of how blessings grow and grow and as we continue turning our hearts toward God.
As we come to the end of this hour of worship, I am aware that we truly wish to build on our great foundation of faith. How can I keep my doubts and uncertainties from creating inaction? Let us deepen our ability to listen to God's call in our life, to the whispered and unspoken needs among us, to the pressing issues facing our communities, even the places where we live and work. I believe we all want to create a closer relationship with God and each other, but at times I feel so inadequate. I'm not even sure what my next step should be. How do I become the type of disciple I want to be? How do all of us become the types of disciples we want to be? My child, the words of our congregational blessing tell us, continue to place your eyes on the one who sacrificed all on your behalf and on behalf of the world. Your focus on the spirit which mysteriously weaves you into unity amid your differing ideas and needs pleases God. For God delights in being known by you. God speaks to be known even more personally and fully. There is true inspiration in the words of our blessing which tell us, you are called to become a beacon to your community, a beacon of joy, hope, love, and peace to people who have never known any of these things. These people are in pain and may seem difficult, but they have been taught to distrust those around them. Your peculiar giftedness, patience, and sensitivity can teach them to trust. These words call to me. Let them call to you. Let us all leave here today knowing that while we have uncertainties, we can trust God to bless us to overcome those uncertainties and become an instrument of joy, hope, love, and peace. Amen. Mm -hmm.